Yo, what's up? This is Mikey Dab, and welcome to the Hype Report. Each week, we recap the biggest stories from Hypebeast directly from the minds of the editorial team. I'm here to connect the dots. Let's get into this week's show. Hey, what's up? I'm uh, Patrick Johnson with Hypebeast Music, and today I chose probably the top story for Hypebeast Music, which was Drake surpassing the Beatles in another category. Controversial, uh, brought a lot of conversation in both on our website and on social, and of course, everyone had an opinion. I, I did catch some of the comments. Awesome. They're great. I, I, gotta say, I love comment section. Oh, I, dude, I, yeah. I love the comment section no matter what I'm reading, but specifically music. Yes. Because there, there is no middle ground. It seems like that in today's day and age that everyone is either, you know, everything's so polarizing. So, and Drake is probably the number one artist for that. You either love Aubrey or you hate him. Big fan of Aubrey. Or lights, you, call him, you either, win, you either yeah. call him Aubrey or you don't. All right, so let, let's get a little bit more specific on the article. So basically, was it 1964? Yeah, the year the Beatles dropped, I think, eight full-length projects. So while people say, oh, well, it's skewed toward the modern because of streaming services and all this other stuff, it's like, well, also, Beatles packed eight albums into a year to get those hits in, you know? I mean, in all fairness, I, I do concur with the society being, okay, social media helps. Streaming helps. Uh, I'm surprised it didn't happen sooner where someone else surpassed them. Yeah. If you think I, about that, it. That's true, but that can also like speak to Drake's greatness too. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like if someone else could have done it, they would have, you know? So w- with that, I think social media can also be a deterrent to get to that number because it's so saturated. There's a new single, there's a new hit that I forgot about yesterday, you EP, know, LP. LP, I forgot about pop smoke and that was the hottest shit that was, you know, a week ago. So, so. It, it, it's, it's a daily like revolving door, so to speak, yeah, when it comes yeah. to music. And now. attention spans are, aren't there anymore. So I can't keep up. Yeah. I, yeah, put like, I, 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 I work for the music vertical and I'm constantly overwhelmed. <laughs> I was, I was looking and I was reading other articles cause like I'm not sure what's going to happen this week or what's going to pop up for our topic. So like I'm always breezing through. Yeah. I get like an hour and a half into it, and I'm like, wait, what was I reading? You just check the timestamp, and it's like 24 minutes ago, one hour ago. Yeah, I get lost in the sauce. Yeah, so that's a testament, I think, too, to Drake's overall staying power is he found what works for him. He, you know, is enigmatic enough to do it. And I think another thing that kind of helped propel this story into the mainstream was one of his other tattoos. Um, And Drake is still the meme king, man. Uh, And he he brought a meme back for this as well. So... If you guys remember, he was on the set of, I think, like a Rosé video where he was in full Dada sunglasses and black Timberland boots looking back at the camera. That was a meme for a good year, but man, that had to be like four or five years ago. Mm -hmm. So when it was announced that he beat another Beatles record, he got the Abbey Road tattooed on his forearm and, of course, put that meme in front of them. So... I think that, you know, he, he knew, though. He knows what he's doing. So he's, he's doing that to propel the discussion so the haters come out and that so his fans can then go back and say, well, he deserved it. Is, is, is it a fire tattoo, though, is the question. I'm all with it, man. And also, really? I'm really with the, uh, the Gangster Doodles rendition of it uh, that he drew on his Instagram page. Um, it showcases a certain, like, brazen self-awareness that comes from Drake. To be honest, my personal opinion is he has some of like the worst tattoos in the, in the rap game. The guy's a tattoo of Jakar Noor. Yeah, yeah, right it's it's tough, and he also has the uh, Steph Curry, um, Kevin Durant tattoo that he then covered up during the Raptors playoff run. You don't really have a choice. Yeah, you? and to be honest, I wouldn't oh. be surprised if he still got a Kawhi tattoo even after Kawhi left. That's a pretty dope hat, by the way. Yeah, thanks. I'm not from Toronto. I'm wearing a, a Raptors hat. Um, my fiance from Toronto. I'm from from Cleveland, so I'm a LeBron James fan. Oh, oh yeah. just yeah. slipped that right in there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's <laughs> yeah. not the sports segment, so I'm. No. 
we're not going to talk about it. We're not going to do it. Um, another one of Drake's favorite players, by the way. Um, but yeah, I think the discussion is always, you know, the the past versus the present, and how times have changed so much in the fifty plus years since the Beatles' dominance that they're still relevant. And people were also making the claim that it was like, hey, man, Drake's not going to be relevant in ten years. None of these things matter. And I think it's, that's just a bogus claim to begin I mean, with. That that's absurd. I, like like I said, like I'm a big Arbery fan. Yes, we, right. we'll go by the, <laughs> right. the first name basis. So like it's hard for me to be like, oh, well, Drake didn't deserve. He deserves it. Yeah. In my eyes, like, what was the first Drake album? How long ago was that? To say that he's not going to be relevant in 10 more years is insane. That's what I'm saying. Like, you can put his run in the hip-hop and pop, like, game at who else? At this point, you know, like, Wayne had a huge run. Jay has had the run that he's had. But, like, in terms of his pop sensibilities and to be able to do it for now 10-plus years, I want to say he's been in the game since, like, yeah, 2008. You know, yeah, that's what it feels. He just he just dropped that album with uh, just re-releases. That's what I'm saying, and that, again, that speaks to the power of like that's still gonna go number one, and then re-enter re-enter more songs into the Billboard charts that then got him this record. And people, of course, had something to say about that too, where it was like, well, he's oversaturating the Billboard things to get a cheap win. But it's like, dude, the, the Beatles released eight albums in 1964. He's literally doing what they did to get there. So. Yeah, I think it's just, you know, a new generation and, you know, people vying for a golden era that's, that's I gone. I want to speak on the uh, the way that they scaled it in 1964 as opposed to the way that they scale it now. So, obviously, like we spoke about, we had streaming. So, like, the just for the audience listening, so back then, you had to put out an album for it to be recorded as uh, a record into the billboard. 100%. That's why the differential now that people are trying to be like, oh, well, he just puts out singles and it's perfectly fine doesn't make a difference right. like it still corresponds the same way yes yeah it's just how people got their music back then versus how people get their music now um which is on this beautiful phone i'm looking at for the statistics um statistics. but yeah what, i mean what, what you kind could, of statistics you got over we, there? so so drake has had 35 hits in the top 10 uh of course i had to write down the names of the uh 1964 beatle releases because i would have to hit up my mom otherwise um, you listen to the beatles I do listen to the Beatles, but I'm saying I'm the I'm the type of guy where it's like you know I have to listen to the hip hop that comes out in the news cycle for my job, and then I get home and I listen to the samples from that hip hop to be introduced to new music. Oh, that's why I get one every 18 minutes yeah, on the update. Guy. Yeah. So yeah, and I think the main argument that people are just making is like the difference between physical you know uh, records and then streaming, but also in in Drake's th like everyone's just pushing social media as like the proponent to his success, and I think. It could also be a detriment because of oversaturation. And also, you have to look at how the Beatles just controlled the airwaves back then. Like, how many other bands in 1964 were doing what they did? And, yeah. You also have to think, like, they were in their space, they were doing the same exact thing. Yeah. So it, it's, it's actually a direct derivative one to the other. Yeah. And, and then people also just didn't have alternative forms of media. You couldn't yeah. go on YouTube. You couldn't, you know, not go to the record shop and see the first, you know, record on display, which was most likely a Beatles record. You but know? the one thing that they did do, they did capitalize on. So radio and TV, yep. they were everywhere. Yep. So if there was an Instagram, they'd be all over that too. Like that's just, just what right. worked then. And there were more people watching TV back then than there are now. Yes. So, but it'll be interesting to see, like honestly in 50 years, if there is a 50 years in the future, um, where Drake will, will be in terms of the pantheon of, of modern day artists, you know? Because yeah, people's, people's attention spans are fickle. So while I don't think he's gonna have the staying power and you know retrospective that the Beatles' greatness does, you know he's still an iconic figure, and I think at the end of the day, all of his success is warranted, and you know people are still gonna try and take a shot and and take that away from him. But well, I appreciate you stopping by today. Yeah, for sure, man. Thank you.
If you want to stay up on the latest music news, check out Hypebeast Music on Instagram or go to hypebeast.com forward slash music. What's up, guys? This is Bob Marshall, senior editor over at Hypebeast, uh, covering mostly footwear and sports. But today, I think we're going to dive right into sports for sure. The biggest news this week was the NFL hiring Jay-Z and his Rock Nation outfit to be a, uh, quote, live music entertainment strategist. Meaning? Um, so a couple, couple things here to kind of digest. Biggest thing, uh, um, what they're kind of touting it as the biggest thing, is that he'll help decide live performances or live entertainment around Super Bowl or the like, right? So, so basically, what was it last year or the year before where there was a little bit of a uh, silent protest against yeah. artists? Yeah, at the Super Bowl. Absolutely, and even some artists that are closely tied to Jay, uh, Rihanna declined performing. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe there was another artist. I forget uh, another singer that also declined. Oh, it's Cardi B. She declined, yes. And Trav actually performed. Jay said that uh, the, earlier this week. Jay said, you know, you kind of you told Travis that he shouldn't have performed, right? So why are you why are you helping with this now? And uh, Jay clarified that it wasn't that it wasn't had nothing to do with like the Kaepernick stuff. It was more to do about um, that he was playing second fiddle to Maroon Five. So he, Jay Z's kind of like dodging the question on that. You know yeah, what I mean? Covering his tracks. Yeah. So it's you know the NFL felt that last year or this past Super Bowl earlier this year because they didn't get the the biggest acts that they wanted, um, and there was a lot of talk around it. Goodell was at, answering a lot of questions about Kaepernick not getting played or not not getting signed or getting blackballed out the league and, and so on. So um, I think they were a bit fed up. They said the discussion started in January with Jay-Z um, when they were asking him, like, hey, what could we do? Like, what should we do better? And then um, from there, I, I, from what I read, is that in April, around like the draft or so, that the negotiations started to pick up that, you know, with executives on both sides that trying to get Jay-Z on board, you know, to really help the league. All right, so, so more importantly, like, I, I feel like the most direct thing that they could have done was uh, keep Kaepernick? Yes, so... <laughs> I mean, like, like, we can get rid of all the other uh, smoke and mirrors, so mm. to speak, because that's what I feel like Jay-Z is, smoke and mirrors Correct. at this point, and just go straight to what the actual problem was. Right. The problem was, why can't I kneel? Right, so... Even though, well, whatever, we yeah, know yeah, why. I th- yeah, I, there's, there's so much to unpack here, and, but at the same time, you know, and I, I, there's a lot of criticism to, that is being said about this, um, mostly because it's like, yes, Kaepernick wasn't involved in any of the discussions. Apparently, did, from what I what I read in, the, I think it was in the Times that uh, that broke the story. That or maybe I think something where else it might be the Times, but they said that Jay Z and Kaepernick smoke on Monday, like the week of the announcement, right? And they said the discussions, the conversation wasn't good. Is like what a source said, right? Not good was like the quote. Yeah, so that's a big critique. <laughs> that's a big critique. There is that Cap was not involved. He's still not in the NFL. You know, he was basically blackballed out of the league, and they were, you know, owners in the league itself were found guilty. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, or not guilty, they settled right um, on because Kaepernick sued the league and its owners uh, for for basically blackballing him out. So, um, but they settled, uh, obviously, basically implying that they were guilty of it. Um, but you know, he, Jay-Z's to, to go back, Jay-Z's not just helping them with performances, right? There's, um, he's helping them, uh, contribute is the quote to NFL's activism campaign, which is inspired change, which, um, started in 2018. It wasn't that then we didn't have a name then in which, uh, they work with players and decided to donate 89 million over six years 
to um like a contract yeah it's like yeah exactly right and 89 million to the nfl over six years is nothing right it's not it's like what ab is still fighting for you know (laughs) um to um like social uh justice charities and uh initiatives like at the player's choice so the players get to choose where this money goes to and that's what started it um I like that. I like to like brainstorm while we're while we're going back and forth. Yeah, here. absolutely. And then I think there was there was more. So it's like, you know, I think a lot of people didn't really read the article to see like what some of the things that he's doing, like oh, within no. this inspired change, is that he's you know he's gonna create songs of this season, which are inspirational songs. Sounds like something from Game of Thrones. Yeah, right. And he's song of footballs and fire. Like. Yeah. <laughs> so Jay Z is like helping artists create these inspirational songs that will play during NFL broadcasts. He's gonna set up uh, Beyond the Field, which is like a platform for players to have podcasts and uh, to kind of get their voices out there. And what he said is that the success will how to gauge their success um, over the next five years is you know, really comes down to are the players' voices being heard, um, which is kind of dancing around the topic of like can players continue to speak up about things on field, at football games, like at press conference, are they allowed to? And I think while he, again, danced around it, I think that's what he's alluding to. Will players' voices be heard, you know, not just in this podcast realm, but if a player speaks up on field, you know, can he allow that? Uh, you know, again, they didn't they didn't touch any, on anything about kneeling other than in a press conference, uh, someone asked. That's, uh, they're not gonna, they're not gonna do that. Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna devil's advocate myself. Let's go, that's and how you, we, yeah. And back and forth. So did they need Jay-Z to do this job? Um, no. So this is, this is where, again, where the criticism comes in, that it's a marketing ploy, that they know that Jay-Z is, has been a longtime advocate for any social injustices, um, injustices, however you want to say that. Um, so they, they know that he's one of the biggest celebrities to, to kind of champion this type of stuff. Mm-hmm. And they, they know that it's, it's going to basically like hiring Jay-Z is in a way like trying to absolve themselves of Kaepernick and what happened to him. But like um, it, it, that has to be like transparent to yes. people that are viewing this from an outside perspective. Like, OK, NFL, we've had issues, whether we're not going to go racial. We're not. We're just going to yeah. say we've had issues. Absolutely. Like, we, we know we have problems at this at this point, And now you're going to bring in Jay-Z. And there's a much deeper route to that, too, because sometimes you just got to get your foot in the door mm. to bring that change. And like, oh, yeah, no, I'll sign. We'll do whatever we need to yeah. do here. Whatever will we'll create this environment. And then really once your foot's in there and you get a foothold, you can start making real changes. So right, like absolutely. That, that's one perspective Jay-Z could be taking as well. Sure. Like, oh, I'm, yeah, yeah, no, I'll do what they want me to do. And then once we get in, we really start affecting change. Fucking shit up, yeah. Yes, exactly, exactly. But that's, so like I'm doing devil's advocate for you and myself. So I was like, <laughs> they, they didn't really need Jay-Z. They, yeah, they don't, right? But I, I, again, at the end of the day, they, they, it is still a business. And they, you know, like they are trying to make money as well as Jay-Z, right? These, that's the one thing where you kind of have to look at it and like be a bit skeptical of it. like. Jay-Z's also a businessman. He's made some like shade, you know, I mean, shady business choices but, but, as well, right? But look at right? DJ Khaled. Certain, right. Without Jay-Z, I don't think DJ Khaled's where he's at right now. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. as, as far as like doing his social media and telling about his platform to use and using Snapchat the way that he was using Snapchat and right. then Insta, like he built that whole persona for him sure. or helped him build that persona. So a lot of people don't realize that either. So. Yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah. So yeah. Not a, he's a good guy for the job and maybe they didn't need him. Right, yeah, exactly. I, I, I think... I think the NFL needs somebody for sure. 
to, you know, it could be the players that, that kind of do it, like a players association. But I think having, you know, they wanted a name because they thought like, hey, if like we have this guy like championing us, like, hey, we can get back into the homes. But at the end of the day, like what Jay-Z's, homes? yeah, the Jay-Z's that'll hold them accountable. Uh, that's what we hope, right? Even Jay-Z said, um, I have to believe, this is a quote, I have to believe that even if it's not sincere, we're going to get things done. So even Jay-Z is kind of like skeptical of it, but yeah, I think there's the biggest criticism is Cap wasn't involved. Cap still not, uh, you know, still doesn't have a job. Whether or not he sh- he should have had a job those first two years for sure. Whether he deserves to have a, a, a deserve yes, he deserves to have a role. Whether he's capable of being a starting quarterback, I don't. Know I have that's, no, that's I have no idea. He might be like yeah. third string at this. Point. Yeah, absolutely. I'm a 49er fan too. I'm kind of happy with my quarterback at the moment. So <laughs> I mean, I love you, Cap, but yeah, I mean, if you want to come back and you know, fight for the job, but I'm happy with Garoppolo for sure. <laughs> Garoppolo chilling. Uh, all right, you want to roll into the uh, cactus plant business? Yeah, so yeah, so again, um, I'm also a footwear editor here. <laughs> yeah. um, you guys can't see the face he just made. It was like James Bond style. But. Yes, uh, and the biggest news that really our biggest drop this week, our announcement uh, is for next week's drop, um, which is the cactus plant flea market sponge uh blazer mid blazer chuck however you want to whatever you know however way you look at the, it the, the shoe is could get its own name at this point right and it's a it's a nike bayou which is like you know now uh what was nike id mm-hmm. um just rebranded and it touts like you can kind of create there's like 117,000 different options that you can choose from with all the different eye stays laces upper materials, et cetera, et cetera. The, the opening kind of reminds me of a Visvim. It's like very wide on the upper. It, oh, doesn't, right, yeah. it, it doesn't close at all. I was like, wait, yeah. I'm just gonna walk right out of that bag. Right, boy. yeah, it has a, yeah, like basically has like that cut off ankle vibe. Mm-hmm. So it's like deconstructed, mm-hmm. it's a bit of like exposed in the inside. While I love the idea, I, you know, I, I, I love that like Nike Bayou's getting this opportunity. I feel like this, this should happen more often where you get to like create with the creator, with mm-hmm. the collaborator, you kind Absolutely. of have a bit fun with it. But I'm not a big fan of like everybody now being a Blazer Mid fan. Like nobody likes that shoe. I'm never gonna. <laughs> honestly, I like the idea, but I'm yeah. never gonna go yeah. for that. Like, give me a Blazer Low. That would have been way better for sure. <laughs> like a Blazer Mid is just like I don't even. I don't like it's an awkward that. shape. Yeah. It's, it, it's like that, absolutely. Yeah. That that middle. I'm not gonna say middle child. Middle child's are great. Uh, it's a middle, middle child children are the sure. best. <laughs> <laughs> it's a middle child for sure. The fact that the options are so different, and then you can obviously it's 170,000 times. Yeah astronomical but when you think about it they're just saying the material is not all the same so you're not gonna exactly. get the same yeah shape. yeah there's like yeah different pattern in the material um yeah i do wish you were able to get a different color upper but it, you, again you you have so many different color choices on like the eye stays and laces and the swooshes which is fun like i love that you can kind of change this yes. change the swoosh to whatever you want so yeah i think that is one of the bigger drops that are coming up. Do, sure. do you think like resell is going to be like a viable thing on that? Like if I'm a reseller, do I just customize like like 300 pairs Word. and go, oh, you point. can't get them anymore, you know? Yeah, that's a, that's a that's a great point. It's like, yeah, what are, how is that going to be determined? Like how is a resale value going to be determined? Because it's like ID'd, like which one deserves new question. the best, right? Yeah. I've already formed a new question in my head. Yeah. So there may be 117,000, but there won't be 117,000 pairs, will there? I don't think so. Based I, on material alone. Yeah, definitely not. I, I can't. Right? They're going to find a way to make this exclusive. I already know it. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, they haven't really announced like like what quantities is it to be like or even like how the purchasing is going to be because, you know, people just go in, 
one Dude. click buy. Now you got to like do all this extra shit. And like, what if you, what if you build a shoe, you spend like 20 minutes and then it's like, oh, it sold out. It's more like, it's like how what? fast can you design? Yeah, word. <laughs> you don't even got time to like hang out and like, you know, have fun with it. It's I don't like, really like this. I stay too much. Let me switch. No, sold out. Uh, yeah. Oh, uh -huh. word. Cool. Just wasted like valuable time. So that's going to be interesting. I don't think it's ever been like a Nike ID drop that was like, do they, oh, do they do email now. you? Maybe they email like like they used to do like the the certain customers would get emails about product. Yeah, and you'd be able to like, oh, I can purchase for eight hours. Like maybe yeah, like okay, yeah, like a members only that like Nike does on Nike.com yeah, nice sneakers. Members but, only jacket. But also, but there's we are it's all never, yeah, we're, but we're all like members only on Nike.com yeah. or like sneakers app. Like there's so many of all us twelve like, of my accounts are members <laughs> only. I don't really you know. yeah, dead ass. So it's like yeah, <laughs> so yeah, this would be interesting for sure. Um, uh, a lot of people are big fans of it just because uh, huge supporters of Cactus Plant mm -hmm. um, and, and the brand and and the people behind it. So I, I think that in of itself, like in the industry, like people are really kind of geeking over it. But yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see what the resale values it'll be like. You know, how is the rollout going to be and so on and so forth. It's always a pleasure. Absolutely. I, I got to tell you. Yeah. You ready, Mikey? Always Appreciate a pleasure. It. I'll see you next week. You same uh, bat time, same bat channel. Woo. For the latest in footwear news, you can check out Hypebeast Kicks on Instagram or go to hypebeast.com forward slash footwear. Hey, world. How's it going? This is Keith Stiller, our editor at Hypebeast. What's going on, Mikey? I am chilling as per usual. Um, I'll just kick off the uh, the topic for today. What do we got going on? So we have some uh, fine art world beef going on um, between Cause and this New Jersey-based gallery called Jonathan Levine Projects. They uh, are promoting this poster done by Cause to promote this uh, very legendary, iconic show called uh, Beautiful Losers back in 2004. In Cincinnati, Ohio, but the for their first initial announcement of this poster, they called it a limited edition mm. lithograph print. It sounded a little bit thirsty in terms of kind of like advertising for it, but you do need that sort of like kick up, that sort of like energy to get a little like spice, a little spice for demand, you know. Mm -hmm. And cause just sort of uh, blasted them on their Instagram account, saying that it's not. A limited edition lithograph it's not limited at all it's just like a bunch of posters regular standard size he made to promote the show he made to promote the show yeah that he made to promote the show they came back they they corrected their announcement it took a couple of days for them to do so but um you know they updated it I don't think they uh, responded to Kaz's comment at all no they definitely did not because I, yeah. I scroll through that I was like all right let me see what's going on here that's that Social media is a hell of a drug. So like I started scrolling through the comments and reading through and then obviously like it's more like a, um, what did he say, more like an, uh, a magazine. Yeah. That they, that they would just roll it out. There'd be tons of these all over the place and that it was misleading. Mm -hmm. uh, which I, And then I went back and read it again. I was like, damn, that is kind of misleading. And it's cool that I appreciated that he went in there to clarify. Yeah on it so it wasn't like one of those situations where because that, that'll bite you in the ass especially like nowadays the way that social media works is if he didn't say anything and that post goes viral and people buy these prints and then you know you get you know who's going to complain the most of the people who are on the secondary market who are like yep. oh i thought i was going to make money buying this because mm -hmm. you made it sound like this and then they won't even attack the levine they'll go at cause like it's his fault yeah. So like you have to be weary of what's going on inside and outside of your camp in regards to yourself. Yeah. So he's patrolling what his name is attached to, which is the yeah. smartest thing you could possibly do. 
No, for sure. Because he doesn't own that artwork anymore in terms of like the estate or whoever's handling the Beautiful Losers archive. Um, this company, this organization, I think it's maybe supported by Aaron Rose who made the documentary. Ah, uh, okay. Maybe. I, I have to look into that. But, you know, he, like as you were saying, that he needs to kind of like protect his brand. But I think it's more so in protecting like his fans from you know buying into a work that's not the actual work you know what mm -hmm. i mean mm -hmm. sorry that's a little bit abstract uh let me clarify I, I, that I'm, again i'm yeah. following you and i'm like yeah so he, i think it's like showing support to fans more so it, it, it's kind of like he's subtracting the hype of it and, gotcha. and just gotcha. kind of like more so doing it for people that appreciate his artwork mainly um, that would just buy his work to appreciate it rather than what you were saying, like the secondary market, so they could sell it in like reseller platforms or whatnot. Okay. Um, well, I feel, I feel like he's always been like that though. Like, yeah. At the end of the day, like I've never seen a situation where it was kind of like, even when he did the cause at the Brooklyn Museum and he was selling the shoes, like he, he went out of his way to give everybody else emails that waited in the rain mm -hmm. to get a pair of shoes. Like it was never one of those situations where it was like, uh, I don't really care what's going on out there. I feel like he, he pays very close attention to yeah. what happens in his realm or in his space. So yeah. I like kudos to him for that because it, it, a lot of people don't pay attention to those underlying things. They'll be like, oh, I heard there was an incident with a cause situation. Or there's another incident, but they don't realize that like, there are a lot of underlying things that, that transpire in the mix too. So like something like this, it's rare to see that. Mm -hmm. Which is why like I appreciate it so much that like he would go out of his way to let people know, don't buy this thinking that it's limited. Mm -hmm. Like even if you are a collector and you're like, oh, autograph, I'll, I'll take that any day. Yeah. Like that sounds amazing. Like that artwork is kind of fire, not gonna lie to you. Mm -hmm. But like realistically, I would buy it just to throw it up on a wall and I would tack it. I don't care about that kind of stuff. Like I'm, I'm gonna frame this and I'm yeah. gonna save it for 35 years. And They're selling it for $450 a, what? a pop. Yeah, and this is not a limited thing. It's like, it's kind of like an open kind of thing. They just have like a, like a bunch of boxes filled with posters, I'm assuming, but cause kind of clarified saying that it's not limited at all. Yeah. And then for that price, for that quality of paper, it's it's sort of absurd in a way. Yeah, it's a magazine. It's a magazine. Like, yeah. At the, so, like, that's the other thing, too, is that I don't understand certain people who don't, if you're going to buy this, like, at least know. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm, I don't pretend to know anything about art, prints, age. Like, I wouldn't pretend to go buy a $450 piece of art and not know what it was. I would want to do some research. I would want to go online. You could Google's at your fingertips. You could figure this stuff out in seconds. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what set him off, you know? And I think people looking at this situation that have no idea about, like, materials or anything, they might think, like, oh, wow, Cause is insane for kind of, like, blasting this gallery that's just trying to make a sale or, you know, they're promoting him anyway, so he's getting publicity out of that. Why is he getting so frustrated? He doesn't need that. Why is he getting so angry? But then when you when you think about it, it's like you get what you pay for. Agreed. With simple facts. So he's just being very... Uh, courteous and supportive for his fans for doing that yeah i also didn't think that he was being that abrasive at all no, no, in no. his comment back it was very like direct to the point and acute about what the issue that he had was about the comment itself yeah but like he, he was very fair and just about his commenting too so like that just speaks to the kind of person that he is as well yeah classy guy yeah and this is one of like many um launches that uh this gallery is doing for uh, in terms of like artworks so I'm curious to see how they're gonna start promoting like those art, uh, items, quote unquote, rare items. Yeah. Um, I'm really curious to see like what's next. I'm curious too, which means I'm gonna be keeping up with articles from you. Oh yes, sir, man. You know how we do it. Appreciate dabs on the mic. Dabs on the mic. All right. <laughs>
For the latest in art and design news, follow Hypebeast Art on Instagram or go to hypebeast.com forward slash art. Uh, my name is Eddie. I am the managing editor here at Hypebeast. And Apple has uh, started to roll out its Apple Card, which is a physical representation of Apple Pay. Uh, it comes in titanium, it looks like a credit card, and it's actually creating quite a lot of buzz right now. I do like the features. I don't know if it's necessary, but I, I guess to a degree it is necessary for all these kids that use Apple Pay and don't have a way to swipe, because I get it all the time. Like, I'll be just in your store, because like, oh, do you guys take Apple Pay? And I'm like, what? No, 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 <laughs> you gotta figure this out, buddy. You better get somebody to send you money. But now that the physical Apple Pay card is available, but there's it, really not much different card-wise as far as interest. No, not really. The, the interest rates were mentioned, and they're not spectacular. Mm -hmm. They're not anything you know that's going to change the credit card industry or anything. Um, the the main thing that I was interested in is like the the cashback reward system, which was kind of cool. Like some credit cards give like lounge access and like um, pre-purchase tickets mm -hmm. to like you know large events and. That stuff is actually really cool, and I'm sure a lot of people use them, but the cash back is probably, like, the most important part. Show me the money. I don't yeah, know. right? And 2% cash back for, like, most things if you pay with Apple Pay is decent. Like, 2% is a really good benefit, and a lot of credit cards are actually doing the 2% one. 1% mm -hmm. is kind of like, you know, that was 10 years ago. We like you. Right, right, right. And like 1% for everything is, hey, great. But to be honest, 1% is 1%. But then like the 3% for everything you buy at Apple, like how many times are you going to spend, you know, on laptops and MacBooks for that to be really feasible? Yeah. yeah, like that's, uh, I mean, I get it. It's a, Unless they start selling groceries, then we're on a different page here. <laughs> Chips and beer, right? Yeah, I'll take it all day long. 2% <laughs> on that. Like, God, you put on some weight. Yeah, chips and beer, don't worry. But yeah, like, you know, you buy a, you buy a MacBook for like a G and that's 3%. Like, it's great, but then you're probably not gonna do that for another year or two or. I'm, I'm on, what am I, I'm on like three years on my MacBook. Right. So, so like. Maybe they could have pushed that up to 5%. That'd have been nice. Or they, they, they could have rounded off a little bit, give you 2.5 on everything and just say or no 3%, that, yeah. you know? Yeah, like yeah, that, yeah. that would have made a little bit more sense. That's a pretty good idea too. The design though, I think is really cool. Like titanium is something that it's, Kind of to the point where it's nerdy, but like when people touch it and feel it, they're like, wow, like it's so light. It's so cool. So, so I noticed when you make purchases, like immediately it starts to indicate through the app itself, like a color change. Yeah. Was my mind playing tricks on me or my eyes? Because the second he said that it looked like the car changed no. color too. <laughs> I was like, wait, is um, the car now yellow? I'm confused. I think you're, you're referring to the Marquez Brownlee video, right? Yes, yes, um, yes, yes. yes. Yeah, it's 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 not physically changing color. That would be sick. I was like, wait. Yeah. I, I, I swear to you, like, I was like, wait. I had to rewind the video a couple times. I'm like, wait, is it yellow now? I'm confused. Yeah. The the app will show the color change, which it's actually a really good feature. A lot of people, when they spend money on credit cards and stuff like that, they get kind of lost on like Guilty. how they're spending, right? Guilty. Yeah. And I like that feature because then you're visibly able to see like what you're spending a lot of money on. Like I'm, I imagine if it's like food, it'll probably be green. If it's yellow, it's I think it was tech, right? Mm -hmm. uh, if it's blue, it's probably like, I don't know, transportation. So then just at a glance, you can kind of just already start to know like, oh, wow, I kind of overspend on like food. Like I transportation too. Like, yeah. Like I got to stop going places. Right. Like my Uber, my Ubering is, is way overboard. Like I got I should probably chill on that. Guilty. Yeah. And, and colors yep. and it's better than just looking at numbers. All the I, time. They're, they're kind of like uh credit for dummies. Let, let's go with that. 
like realistically that color grading system like me i have to go into like my equifax and i go in and I double check and see what's late and see what's on time but like to look at one card which is the other issue too is you're using one card from apple so you're locked into <laughs> apple which yep. was actually a pretty good point but like you can basically see with ease like you said oh boy i spent too much money yeah like and but like without it being this whole like check your equifax like i got like i don't want to log in a credit karma every other even though it's an app and a face scan but to just open it up is the ease in which apple does it best totally and uh one thing that uh mkbhd mentioned is like he's not sure how aware i don't actually physically have the card but you know i think we can maybe educate our readers on like titanium and how it, it works mm -hmm. uh through heat titanium will change colors so it'll turn purple and it looks amazing. It looks oh, yeah, you're like it, you, yeah. Again, well, podcast, you can't see the, the right, pure right, enjoyment right. on this man's face. <laughs> uh, well, I'm, I'm an automotive guy, I like cars and like titanium exhausts are mm -hmm. like a thing in like the tuner world. Mm -hmm. uh, and obviously heat affects the exhaust tips and the pipes and stuff like that. And they turn gold and purple. It looks amazing. Now, uh, Mark has mentioned that it was coated in white. So that may or may not be the case if that's, you know, the, the, the paint is really thick or something. But uh, I can imagine like these cards like in your wallet and it's getting hot. I don't know if it's that hot, but the so like the edge of the card is encoded. Right. So you're shepherd. probably going to pick up all of that. Because yeah, I don't know about that's... you, but when I, I'm sweating right now and I'm sitting on a plastic chair. So <laughs> before yeah. I know it, my card will be amazing. Perhaps, yeah. I mean, like the edges are uh, polished, so it'll look really pretty, even just from the get-go. But yeah, as as it wears, as it heats up, or um, as it scratches, you know, like that patina will look really cool. And I mean, it's titanium; it should be forever, I guess. Well, not forever, but it'll wear really, really nicely. And I wonder if I could sharpen an edge. What do you want to protect do with this? myself? Wow. Oh, you want this card? Come get it. Yeah, <laughs> just in case. Uh, thinking outside the box. I'm always, I'm always like World War Z kind of guy, you know? I have like a, I have a survival bag right by my door, a titanium card when we hit the streets. Like, we're good to go here. Uh, if if it's World myself. War Z, you, you should probably have more than a credit card. The, the credit card is out the window. <laughs> yeah. But I got the, listen, the travel bag has like an axe. We can make wood. There's matches in there. You know, bring the credit card. You, don't have, you have a zombie survival bag? I do. I do. We I all do. have a zombie survival pack. It's right by, listen, it's right <laughs> by the door. They have that little tube in there where you could drink water out of a pond. I'm, I'm ready to go. Um, I mean, I'm excited for the card. I, I, I definitely put in a pre-order for it. I agree with Mark has 100%. It is a flex. It is 100% flex because, I mean, Apple Pay in itself is digital. And, like, I actually have a Venmo card, and I showed my friend. They're like... I What's the that. point of a Venmo card? Like that doesn't make any sense. For that sense. remainder of cash that's there that I can't spend anywhere else. That's why. I mean, the, the card is great. It, it really is because I do get that question a lot, a lot more than people realize. Like, do you take Apple Pay? And a lot of places don't take Apple right. Pay. And like, so what do I do with these funds that I have sitting here? Do right. I do I buy free life and Candy Crush? Like, what am I going to do with this? Like, realistically, <laughs> like you need to spend it somewhere. So why not have that that physical card? I'm just afraid of like the length in which like you see i have an ipad in front of me, you have an iphone in front of you i have an iphone next to me i have an apple watch on my wrist i have a macbook pro i have a mac in my desk like everything is apple yeah. everything it's kind of scary yeah he made a good point i mean it is it is a wall right but i mean you don't have to use it oh don't say that it's like you don't have to breathe air you don't have to use the credit. You don't right? have to if you don't want to. There's but no I mean, annual I, fee. I want to stay alive and I want it to be easy. I want to I want to make a note here and then forget this and then pick up my phone and go, oh, there's my note. It's right there. Well, sign up then. Already did. Uh, <laughs> anyway. All right. So it was a pleasure. Thank you for stopping by. Thanks, man. For the latest in tech news, follow hypebeast.com forward slash tech. 
Uh, hi, my name is Jake. I'm an associate editor here at Hypeast, and I'm going to talk about uh, the recent controversy in China with several luxury brands. Uh, in particular, over the weekend, last weekend, uh, Versace had a, a conflagration begin once they this T-shirt that they put out uh, was picked up by Chinese social media as recognizing Hong Kong and uh, Macau as independent regions when actually they are controlled by the mainland of China. And then following Versace's apology, which they even had Donatella go on her Instagram and apologize personally, Coach and Givenchy had the exact same situation, except it was uh, Hong Kong and Taiwan on the back of their t-shirts. There were these fake tour t-shirts mm -hmm. that, you know, had just a bunch of cities where you buy clothes, uh, big, you know, spending areas. But what they did is they mentioned Hong Kong as autonomous, uh, Macau as autonomous, Taiwan's, all that stuff. And this offended the greater Chinese populace. Uh, and the reason this is impactful is because it's indicative of these big luxury houses needing to hire more diversely. They have a very westernized mindset up, up at the very top. It's like very, very white. It's very, very Western, very, very European and American. Very open. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it definitely needs... I mean, the thing is, they have some people based in local regions at the higher levels. For instance, LVMH and Caring both have these positions that are the president of greater China in their company. But I mean, that's one person for each company. And, you know, each company has, you know, a dozen or so brands that are like constantly like putting up products. Yeah. So you can't have one guy, right? Um, and of course, it's a big deal because uh, once you offend these, this, this nation, you know, China, which is, according to a report, I was looking up the actual amount of money they spent in a year. Last year was $115 billion on luxury products in China and outside of China combined. That's a third of the entire luxury market in one nation. So, uh, of course, Versace, Coach, Givenchy, they all immediately apologized on social media and uh, tried to make good. It was a little too late. Versace, relatively unscathed, but Coach and uh, Givenchy lost their brand ambassadors almost within 24 hours mm. of the, uh, the controversy. I mean, it's, it's just, like I said, it's, it's indicative that they need, to, they need to hire more diversely. They need to get more people from China involved in the hire decisions of their companies and uh i think in the long run it won't matter for them they're going to be fine they're not going to be boycotted but uh, i mean let's be real here yeah i know we had a similar situation uh i believe it was blackface if i'm yes, not mistaken with gucci, yes with, with gucci and i think we're, i think we're i think we're pretty good already yeah that's the thing you know is like this stuff offends people and it it kind of blows over not that it should i don't i don't uh, think it should uh, but I, I think that's a testament to like how people are so quick to reach out for the mob mentality so totally. to speak and i was reading some of the comments also like i like the comment section just to get a gauge of like what the readers are feeling based mm -hmm. on this i definitely like twitter was not my favorite place to go not at all mm -hmm. but reading some of those comments ew, puts you in a different perspective because like totally. one person's like oh i'm totally i don't understand why they would ever think about doing this this is an outrage and then the next person's like do you understand hong kong is trying to get away yeah, like, yeah. so like it it creates this realm of um I guess people just don't know. I, I'm definitely in that realm too. I don't know all the details. I don't know all the specifics, but like like you said, um, you have to pay more attention to what is coming out of your company, whether you're a parent company and they're under, it doesn't matter. Like there, there needs to be some kind of filter system. Even if you do have one person, like he has to give the okay on everything. Yeah. So if it takes a little bit longer, like another week for it to come out because it needs to be seen first and fine. But like to say like one person can't do that job, they can. If that's your only job and you're getting paid X amount of dollars your whole day from nine 
nine to five, you're sitting on that computer and you're just going through what's coming out of your company. Right. And that's High what I'm low. saying. Is, yeah. is these guys at the very top, they're, they're doing way too much stuff. So what they need is one person for that position, that they need that China, that China relations expert that, you know, and they need that for every region, really. They need I, it, 1, not just China, of course. Mm -hmm. But, you know, specifically in these situations, I mean, and, you know, what's interesting is that uh, these, these companies have kind of bounced back or will bounce back. The really the only one that that had like a real impact was Dolce and Gabbana. I don't know if you, I don't know if you remember last mm -hmm. December there was a big controversy with this uh, campaign they were trying to put out that was it was perceived as a racist. It's a, it's a lot uh, to get into at one moment. But other than them though, the point is, is that these sort of blow over. They hire diversity officers, or at least they say they do. Dapper Dan touched on this recently with Gucci. Yeah, he said they're making some real positive that that changes. I, that I know about. So I mean, you know, these are major, major, major. Was Abercrombie and Fitch was what was it? Abercrombie and Fitch that had the the t-shirts and they were like um, they were like racially charged t-shirts they weren't really H &M. racially charged oh was it H&M yeah, yeah, yeah the coolest monkey in the jungle yeah there you go I know it's kind of crazy <laughs> like so much it, it just happens so fast too yeah. like the insensitivity level is just breached and it, it frightens me like how fast people react like I don't know when I was a kid like things didn't bother people as much you know and like I understand like obviously through conditioning and your upbringing, of course, like the way that we're so reactionary now and it's so instantaneous that you can get someone to respond to you be like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Mm. I think that kind of drives people sometimes to even make, I'm not saying with the China thing, I'm just saying yeah. in general, to make these kind of accusations or get so flustered so quickly mm -hmm. is because they know someone's going to be there to jump all over it. I had an incident with Nike, as a matter of fact, not to go too far off topic, and I just posted something on Twitter and I got a call from, from Nike. I was like, how did you get my number first and foremost? <laughs> and two, like, they were like, oh, how can we how can we justify or rectify the situation? I was like, I wasn't even looking for that. I was a little upset about it, but I, was, I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. They were so ready to do what they needed to do to make the situation okay. Like afraid I was going to be an uproar uh, in an uproar about the situation. Like, I'm like, who does that? And then you turn around three weeks later and people do that. Yeah. It's a little scary. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, it's it's a big part of social media in general. Our, uh, this whole generation is, is so online that everything is, you know, processed in milliseconds spread around the globe. It's, uh, you know, some people pick out these certain issues. Oh, it's not a big deal. Some people pick out other issues. You know, this is life changing. It's you know, it's uh, and you know, depending on your perspective, it's good or bad thing. But at the end of the day, I mean, I I think we can all agree it's good that the companies are being held to a greater standard of scrutiny. Mm -hmm. I mean, these are major major corporations. Like, we don't owe them anything, right? Like, you know, they're worth like billions of dollars. Might as well, you know, take them to task when they don't pick up on these like small, yeah, these seemingly small things that they should. It should be more thoughtful of. Yeah, I definitely don't care if the guy down the block makes a t-shirt that's insensitive. Right. But like, if Gucci's doing it, we have a problem. Absolutely. All right. I think, uh, I think we touched all our bases today. Cool. For the latest in fashion and style, follow Hypebeast Style on Instagram or go to hypebeast.com forward slash fashion. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of The Hype Report. You can find out more about the show and listen to other episodes on hypebeast.com forward slash radio. You can subscribe to us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or anywhere else that you listen to podcasts. Leave a comment and let us know what you think about this week's topics. You can reach out to me on Instagram at Mikey Dab, and that's two Bs. Shout out to our editorial team. I'm Mikey Dab, and thanks for listening to The Hype Report.